Caribbean Birth Stories has been brought to you by the Amai Birth Collection. Head over to theamishop.com. That's the A-M-A-I-Shop.com for special offers and to learn more about the Amai family. Hi, my name is Dr. Chanel Otley-Allen, host of Caribbean Bird Stories. This is the first and only podcast that focuses on Caribbean women from all walks of life, narrating their journey of giving birth, navigating self-care postpartum, and parenting across the beautiful islands of the Caribbean and the diaspora. Caribbean Bird Stories has been and continues to provide a space for honest, non-judgmental conversations. Welcome to season three. Hello, my Caribbean Boat Stories crew. It's my pleasure to introduce you to my next guest, Lisa Leano. I've asked Lisa to be part of a special feature this season called The Young Veteran Mom. This segment will feature mothers who aren't baby boomers, yet they have quite a bit of experience parenting teenage and even university age children. Lisa is an award-winning TV broadcaster and reporter who currently works as the host for Taste the Islands, an international culinary adventure show streaming on Amazon Prime TV. She's also entering her 12th season as the host of School Duel, a premier high school academic game show on South, in South Florida. As a TV host and on-air personality, Lisa has most notably served as the in-arena reporter for the Miami Heat's Heat TV. She was also featured as Miami's top 40 under 40 leaders of tomorrow in Legacy Magazine. Lisa recently started her own PR company called the LA PR Firm. I'll put more details in the show notes. With all these accomplishments, you're probably thinking Lisa can't possibly have time for a family. However, my first introduction to Lisa proved this couldn't be further from the truth. Not only does she make time for her family, it is abundantly clear that her family is her top priority. Take a listen. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Shamal. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to be talking to you. And and thanks for the interest in um, in me being a veteran mother. (laughs) A young veteran mom. Young veteran mom. That was a very nice way of um, (laughs) saying So thank you. (laughs) Great. So first of all, for my audience, um, I like to highlight where each member is from. All right. So each guest. So where were you born, Lisa? I was born in Valley Stream, New York, which is on Long Island. We lived in Queens. Mm -hmm. And my parents are from Jamaica. Okay. So you have some Caribbean heritage. Um, So how old were you when you first became a mother? I was 23. Good. And then how many children did you have? Like, how many children do you have in general? In okay, total? So I, I found out a month before our wedding that I was 12 weeks. I ended up being 12 weeks pregnant at our wedding. So, wow. um, yeah, so we had to alter my wedding dress and everything. I was pregnant with my first. She is now 20 years old. Um, she'll be 21 in, and um, this August coming. So this year she turns 21. I have an 18-year-old and I also have a nine-year-old. Lovely. Yeah, so I was 23 I was 23, 25, and 34 when I had my three kids. And right. I had a carriage in between of twins um, mm. at the age of 27, 28, 27, 28. 
Okay. So tell me a little bit about your journey to motherhood. So I'm guessing that it was a little unexpected when you found out. Very unexpected. We found out on New Year's Day and <laughs> it was very unexpected and very welcome though. You know, I tell my daughter she was born into a loving home and from two people who desperately um, loved each other and, and we welcomed her, we wanted her. And um, it, it was a surprise. It was definitely a surprise. Right. Nonetheless, you know, she's 20 now and I'm only 44. Um, come mm -hmm. this Friday, I'll be 44. So wow. yeah, I'm a young veteran mom, like you said. Yes. So when you were expecting um, your first child and we know it's a daughter, do you want to say her name or are you keeping yeah, her name? It's already out there, Alyssa. Oh. Okay, so <laughs> Alyssa. I'm already a public figure. So for the most part, all my business is out there. But yeah, Alyssa, so go ahead. Yeah, so when you were expecting Alyssa, were there things told to you, whether it was Caribbean or Jamaican pieces of advice about what you should and shouldn't do or things to look out for, you know, being an expectant mother for the first time at 23? Gosh, that's a good question. I cannot remember anything in particular. Right. Uh, everything happened for me at once, like we had gotten married, we moved in, I was pregnant. Um, everything was just like, so I can't really separate the whole mm -hmm. pregnancy from the marriage and everything just happened all at once for me. Um, but, you know, I had a very supportive home. I mean, my parents mm -hmm. were very supportive. Uh, I, I can not so much. The pregnancy itself was a little rough. I was sick with her. I remember being mm -hmm. like miserably sick and always sending my husband to get Slurpees for me and to um, help queeze the nausea yeah. and it helped, um, with that pregnancy. But as far as like advice that I could, was given, I don't I don't remember anything particularly or, you know, culturally related. Right. OK. Now, tell me a little bit about that whole transition, because for some young people, you know, they do get married and soon after they find out they're pregnant. So just becoming a wife is a huge transition, right? Mm -hmm. And then the transition of motherhood kind right. of slapped on top of that. How did you cope with all of those changes at the same time? Well, I will say this, it was, it was difficult. And, um, and I can talk about this openly now, but during that time I couldn't, um, but I remember like when the baby was born, I remember when she came into the world. I mean, my husband was so ecstatic and elated and he was saying how she fills a void in her heart that um, that he's never even known existed. For me, it was a different experience. For me, I felt more bonded with my daughter when she was in my womb than when she was actually born. And it was right. a weird transition. And, and now I'm recognizing it. No one really was talking about like postpartum depression and signs to look out for. And um, I remember, you know, having really bad thoughts and you know just it, I didn't immediately bond and even the first Mother's Day I still didn't feel like a mother I didn't feel like Mother's Day was about me Mother's Day was about my mom right. so it took a few years before I actually said hey you guys need to celebrate me for Mother's Day it, it's <laughs> a while before I felt ready to be celebrated as a mother so the transition mm -hmm. into motherhood it, it I think the transition into being a wife was easier for me than the transition mm -hmm. into being a mother. I was a great mother. I'm very loving. You know, I sacrificed my career. I gave my all to my kids and I still do. And everyone knows that when they see me. But initially, when I think back, it was just I, I took very good care of her. I was a great mom. But I'm just saying that that initial bond that you think mm -hmm. is going to always just happen 
it like, didn't automatically. Yeah. And I loved her and I nursed her and everything. But I just remember there were days where thinking, wow, like, uh, and I didn't feel like a mother. It, it, yeah. It's weird to say it's, it, it's, I don't know. I think unless you've experienced it, it's kind of hard to articulate. No, but I think it's important because like you said, people don't talk about it until mm-hmm. maybe years later and they recognize, well, what's going on. But the fact that you've experienced it and you can now verbalize it to everyone, mm-hmm. maybe someone listening can say, oh, okay. So maybe I'm not abnormal <laughs> for feeling <laughs> that way. Yeah. Yeah. Now tell me, you've had three um, boots. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming, right? Yeah, you had a miscarriage in mm-hmm. between that. We'll talk about that in a little bit, if you don't mind. But um, tell me about the most memorable labor and delivery of the three. Well, so only pick one. I can't talk about all three. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you can talk about all three. Because they're all the stories. So... <laughs> So the first one with Alyssa, I remember waking up. Um, I remember my doctor at the time. I, I loved my doctor. He was a great guy. He mm-hmm. told me I was 36 weeks and I was at my 36 week checkup. And he said, okay, I'm going away. I think he was um, going, he was going on vacation. And I said, no, you can't go on vacation. I'm going to have this baby. And he goes, right. Lisa, you're 36 weeks. You're not going to have this baby. It's your first baby. You got, you got four more weeks to go. You'll be fine. Well, lo and behold, that weekend I went into labor. Oh my God. <laughs> And um, so I remember waking up that Saturday morning and the bed was wet and I was like, uh, I think my water broke, you know, so mm-hmm. we call the hospital and it's only 36 weeks, five days. So right. technically that's like premature. That's, that's an alarm. That's not good. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we, um, we called the hospital, we went down and we were, we went to Baptist hospital in Miami and we lived in Pembroke Pines at the time. So that was a good like 40 minute drive to get down to the hospital. And we got to the hospital and they were saying, no, it doesn't appear that it's your amniotic fluid, but I was starting to get contractions. So mm-hmm. I said, I don't know. I'm not. And they were like, you should go back home. I said, I'm not going back home. <laughs> I'm just staying right there. And yeah. so we ended up staying and they ended up realizing, yes, I was going into labor. And so my water broke with her and that was early in the morning. I probably was in labor with her for maybe 13 hours. And um, I, you know, initially I was in so much pain. Like I asked for an epidural. I didn't want an epidural initially, but I got the epidural. That's why those whole things about, you know, have your, your, your plan and work when that pain starts to hit you, forget it. Like those, you can't even think straight. So, and I'm a tough girl, but those pains were like strong. So they gave me the epidural. I wasn't feeling anything. And I remember my husband thinking he kept watching the monitor and the, the, pain the sharp spikes and how intense the um contractions were coming and he was and I was just talking to him and he's looking at me like you don't feel that and I was like I don't feel anything he's like oh my god it's all the way up I was fine you know so the Mm -hmm. epidural worked and then when I gave birth to her finally you know um my doctor's colleague came I didn't know him but he made it really funny came in like this Hawaiian shirt and apparently he was heading to the keys that day and then he got a call that he needed to come deliver my baby so he came and, you know, we had a good time and um, I'm pushing and pushing and pushing out Alyssa. And I remember I had gained like 60 pounds with her and I was always really tiny and I gained 60 pounds with her. My doctor said, well, whatever you gain over 25, is going to be for you to lose on your own. So try not to go past 25. And, you know. <laughs> I like to eat. So it was good. So, um, so when she was born and she came out, she wasn't breathing. So we were pushing. Yeah, I pushed and pushed and she came out 
and she wasn't breathing. And they rushed in an entire crew, the NICU, um, all the special um, nurses and doctors rushed into the room. And I remember that just being that those few minutes, I don't even know how long it was, just felt like the longest period of our lives yeah. and they were, they were slapping her. And I just remember them saying, come on, baby, breathe. Come on, baby, come on, baby. And just a team and over the loudspeakers, they're rushing people to my room to take care of her. And I'm laying down and, and I remember pulling myself up saying, um, what's wrong with the baby? And the doctor pushed me back down and he's like, no, you're fine. Just lay down. There's a team of people that take care of her. And it was a minute before she started. Um, she actually breathing. started crying and breathing. She eventually started breathe. I mean, just thinking about it now is like, I know. oh my God, it's tough because um, that was a very, very scary moment in our lives. And um, so when the doctor pushed me back down, you know, they eventually took her away and she was, you know, they eventually helped her to breathe and she was okay. But um, the next day I got home and a few days after I kept feeling like there was something, this is birth story. So I'm going to tell you birth yes, story. I kept feeling something uncomfortable when I would sit down. Mm -hmm. It was my first baby. And I felt like the smell was a little off when I would go to the bathroom. Right. My first child. So I'm like, I don't know, you know, what you're supposed to smell like after you have a baby or what it's supposed right. to feel like, but it hurts. So I took a mirror and I looked down and I saw that there was gauze inside of me from the birth. This was days later. And I used tweezers and took the gauze out and had to go back to the doctor. Yeah. So apparently during that time, and when I think back, it was when the doctor pushed me back because I had an episiotomy. Um, oh, and I remember also they told me she's five pounds and I and I threw myself up and said, five pounds, five pounds. That's, it. that's it. So the rest is me, you know, because <laughs> that's all I can remember is a doctor saying, oh, my God, you have to you, you have to lose all that weight. So there was a lot going on in that room when I gave birth to Alyssa. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I had to go back to the doctor. And yeah, the, the doctor, when he did my episiotomy, he forgot the gauze inside of me. Oh and my God. Luckily, I was okay. Mm -hmm. uh, nothing major came out of Happened. that. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and I was okay. And that was my first birth experience. Some well, that, yeah, I'm not that feels quite memorable. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna do that again. But uh, we did. Two, two years later, Tristan came along. Tristan now. I remember um, walking around Target and, you know, he was he was born at 38 weeks and that pregnancy. I was sick all five months with him to the point where I even had to go to the hospital. I couldn't stop throwing up. I was just really we couldn't get anything down. Didn't gain as much weight with that one. Um, however, when I got what I did um, come home one night from Target after we walked all the Target, I get home and I went to use the ladies room, went to use the bathroom. I was peeing and all of a sudden I felt a pop. And I jumped off the toilet and of course my water had broken. So this time I knew I had a little time. So I told my husband, I was right. like, oh, my water broke. I'm going to take a shower and shave. And then yes. we go to the doctor, call the doctor, let him know. So I took my time. I went in the shower, I shaved my legs and, you know, got myself all fancy. And because mm -hmm. I knew, you know, that I knew I was yeah. yeah, I understood it. So I wasn't as frightened and, you know, as nervous. I knew what was going to happen. So yeah. I eventually went to the hospital and labored with him overnight. Now we got there like at nine or 10 o'clock at night and I had him at 6 a.m. the next morning. Now with Tristan though, they attempted to give me the epidural and they did, they put it in my back, but it, right. never, it never worked. I felt okay. everything with him. And mm -hmm. I tell people this, it was the best birth experience for me feeling 
everything because I was in control. When I had the other one, when I had Alyssa, I was not in control of anything. I couldn't feel anything. I even tried to get up to use the bathroom after and I couldn't mm-hmm. because yeah. my legs are dead. And I, I just feel like when I didn't have the epidural and I was in full control and maybe it's just my personality, I, I was able to, your body does adapt to the pain, your Mm -hmm. body adapts and you somehow can manage. And and there's just this Shira force inside of you to help get that baby out. And Mm -hmm. I remember everything. I remember the head, the shoulders. I remember the feeling of everything coming out and the relief once Mm -hmm. he, yes. And, um, and then which, so he was born at 38 weeks. And then with chance, um, I was a little older. I was at 34 and, um, and I had high blood pressure. I've always had like, and I've always had high blood pressure during all my pregnancies right. and then with him. So I had to start seeing a specialist and, um, it got to the point at 37 weeks, there was protein in my urine. So they induced me. Okay. First experience ever yeah. inductions. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. The pain is not natural. No. Uh, it, it, it comes on so strong. It, it makes you feel like you can't catch your breath. Right. Yeah. And, and then you have to get the epidural. Like you have no choice. Mm-hmm. So I got the epidural with him, labored with him for about same hours, maybe like 12 hours. Um, Cause I went in the night before, I think we had to go in for eight o'clock. He wasn't born till one o'clock the next day. So yeah, then I had chance and, um, and that's it. <laughs> But I would have one more, but it's too late. I'm not going to have any more. I would have done it again. I would have done it again. Never say never. No, no, no. It's not. Never. Thank you for caring. Now, okay. So you've had these wonderful babies. Um, Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit about the postpartum period, though. So you mentioned a little bit earlier with Alyssa and possibly having baby blues. But what about any other challenges you didn't foresee? Well, with Alyssa, I think I had the most challenges. Like breastfeeding was really difficult. She wouldn't latch on. I had to use a, a nipple shield yeah. uh, to to get to help, you know, her get a cuss. Because remember, she was also born technically premature, but not really. She was breathing on her own. So they allowed me to leave with her. So, um, but still, she still didn't have that, the strength to suck. And um, so I had to go through that. I was on the phone with the La Leche League almost daily. They were so helpful. I didn't have all those resources that women have now with the mm-hmm. internet. So um, latching was an issue. Everything that comes on with breastfeeding, the cracked nipples and everything that, you know, that comes with that. But I will say it was also one of the most rewarding experiences. I nursed all my children. I nursed my first one. Um, right up until the point I got pregnant with the second one, which was about 16 months. Mm-hmm. And then the second one I nursed, oh, he stayed on for two years. Oh my. And, yeah. He stayed on forever. Yes. He used, and he got teeth at five months. <laughs> so, what are you saying? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, but, um, and then the last one I nursed him for about 16 months as well. And, um, I would say that, you know, my challenges would be the cutting them off from mm-hmm. breastfeeding. That's, yeah. you know, that's hard, uh, but I love any, any tips or tricks for any, for the listeners who might be trying to wean right now. Well, none of my kids drank from a bottle. Okay. Um, I, I would try to encourage you to try to um, get them to drink from a bottle, but we tried everything, everything. Mm-hmm. Even when they went away to daycare in the days, my 
middle one, Tristan, he, they would take a syringe and put the milk in it and just force feed it in his mouth because he wouldn't drink from a bottle. He just Ooh, was wow. Babies are, they're stubborn when they want to be. So um, they want mom. So yeah. I would just say, and my husband felt left out, like he couldn't help feed them right. or anything because it was just me. So any tips? Oh, I tried the cabbage leaves to dry mm-hmm. up the milk and that gave me severe gas internally. <laughs> so I would say no to the cabbage leaves. Sudafed helps. I took Sudafed. They said that helps to dry it up. Sudafed helps. Um, I've gone through the having to drink the hops when you feel like you weren't producing enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gone through everything overactive letdown. I had that as well. I've gone through all the stages, like with when yeah. it comes to breastfeeding. Um, but as far as tips and tricks, number one, I say do it, do it, do mm-hmm. it. What I remember about breastfeeding and my experiences was that, as you can tell, I'm a very hyper person. <laughs> it was so calming to me when I would sit down and hold the baby. And after they're latched on for a few, I literally would feel from the top of my head through my body, I guess the serotonin or whatever is released. Mm -hmm. I would feel it. I would feel, and it was just a calming feeling that would take over my body. Mm -hmm. And it was the best. So, and the bond that you develop and not to mention, it's just so easy to, when they're crying, you just put them on the breast. I know. Yeah, it's so easy. And, you know, it's just for me, I I couldn't even the washing of the bottles and all that other stuff to me, that just seemed like extra steps, like just Mm -hmm. steps. So I mean, thankfully, you were able to. I was able to. Yeah. Yeah, because I know there are some women who aren't able. um, And I don't, you know, and I I don't know how I feel about the whole um, milk banks and all that other stuff. Um, That Mm -hmm. was something that wasn't appealing to me. Um, right. but I do hear that it is safe and a lot of women take advantage of that and, yeah. so it, it and was, the option is there for them. So, right. Right. So, so yeah. So for my experiencing, it worked. Okay. And so when would you say you felt like you were back to you again after maybe uh, since first and second kind of went into each other? So you probably didn't have I'm a choice. still trying to get back to me. <laughs> what question is that? <laughs> It does not stop because then you're going to different stages of life with them. Remember, I have a 20 year old now and an 18 year old and a nine year old. And you oh. once you have children, if you are a true dedicated parent, mother mm-hmm. or father, there mm-hmm. there is you. But it's a different version of you. Um, right. I've always done my best to hold on to parts of me. Um, and, and, um, like, that's why I kept my career going, but I never pursued my career the way I really wanted to. I became a teacher for a few years so that I could be on the same schedule as them. Mm -hmm. I um, would try to take jobs that would allow me to pick them up from school and drop them off so that I could be there. If something happened, I would make sure that I was there for them. And so I, and I would drag them along with whenever I worked out. I used to work out a lot, not as much anymore, unfortunately, but um, I used to work out a lot and I would drag them with me wherever I went. I made sure they were a part of everything that I did. I tried my best not to stop doing things for me, mm-hmm. like getting my nails done and they would sit on my lap. I have pictures of them with their little toes in the water when my toes <laughs> were in the water. I'm sure the nail tech was annoyed that, you know, I had to get me or the mm-hmm. wax. Lady. She was mm-hmm. annoyed if I had my child sitting on my stomach while she has to wax. But whatever, I still tried my best to do what I needed to do to just remain and, and 
offer myself some sense of self. Um, but I don't think that you, it, it's hard because when you're a parent, mm-hmm. you're deeply involved with everything. And as much as you want to do things for you, something comes up and then the kids yeah. will take, take over. Priority. Yeah. 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 Now, would you say there were any specific negative repercussions because the, of having children that maybe affected your life, whether it was your career specifically or your marriage? I won't call it negative. I would okay. say it definitely altered mm-hmm. um, the desire. It, it didn't change the desires that I had in my heart when it came to my career, but it altered it because mm-hmm. of the fact that I went to school for broadcast journalism and all my life I was told I was going to be the next Oprah and doing this. And I was interning at a radio station since I was 16 and I was interning in movie studios. Then in college, I was at the news station and, and right out of college, I told my husband, you know, Hey, I'm moving to New York and I'm going to go do stuff. Good morning, America, or whatever it's going to be. And then we found out we were pregnant and we were having a child and, you know, living somewhere where both sets of grandparents live was very, very attractive. Yes. And having that help. And I i was very fortunate that I still was able to pursue a lot of the things that I wanted to do personally and career wise while never having left South Florida mm-hmm. and while having the support of two sets of grandparents. And That's yeah. so I've been very fortunate. There are still mm-hmm. some things that I wanted to pursue that I wasn't able to. And even like when I look back at working at the heat, you know, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't able to dedicate myself to that job the way that a single person who didn't have children right. could, could. Mm-hmm. you know, just, just networking with your, um, your coworkers, going out to parties and doing things. No, I'm going home. I have to have a family. I was married. I have kids. It, it was a very, very different perspective that I had right. in life and things that I had to deal with. I wasn't living carefree. I did not have a stage in my life where I didn't have responsibility because, you know, right out of college, I became a mother. So I've always had responsibility. But on the flip side of that is, you know, I just turned 44 and people look at my daughter and well, I'm turning 44 on Friday, but I might, people look at my daughter and I, and they think we're sisters most of the time. And my kids be like, that's your mom. And um, so it is nice that I still feel youthful. I still, you know, look youthful. And, um, and I'm a mentality wise, I'm a so different place. I'm very mature. Um, mm-hmm. and my on life is very different. And I have a lot of friends who are just starting off or who have little ones. And, uh, and I'm just like, yep, I'm done. Been there, <laughs> done that. <laughs> done it, but we're not fully done because now we're paying for college and cars. Right. Not buying okay. diapers, I'm paying for leases. So it's done. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to give you an opportunity to brag on these kids because you have some amazing children Aww, that have done some cool. awesome things. So tell us a little bit about what Alyssa is doing because she's beautiful and smart and yeah so just tell us what Alyssa's up to these days well these days um Alyssa is my um my great type a personality she gets it done she's very driven she's very much like me in the sense that you know when she puts her mind to something she's gonna accomplish it and right now she is working as a Miami Heat dancer so she's my heat family which is so cute because she used to sit on the laps of the heat dancers when I worked there. While I was working, she was sitting with the dancers as a six-year-old, six, mm. seven, eight-year-old sitting with them. And now she's one of them. And a lot yeah. of the, you know, my former bosses and employers and um, coworkers who are still there, they all look at her and say, we cannot believe 
that this is Alyssa. Like we watched her grow. Yeah. And she's yeah. a, um, also, she's on a full scholarship to the University of Miami. She was originally studying neuroscience, but she's now studying, um, she's doing um, nutrition. Mm-hmm. And I like something in the bio. Something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Smart, yeah. yeah. Stuff. So beauty and brains, basically. Beauty and brains, yeah. So yeah. I'm super proud of her. She has a big heart. She's very loving. That's my girl. Like we do everything together. When I, she's my date. If I'm not taking my husband, I try and drag her along everywhere because I right. want to expose her. I want to empower her as much as I can. Being a female, I think it's really important, and that's why I also always worked um, because I feel like I needed to set, show her the possibilities in life. And show her that she can do more than one thing. Yeah. And then yeah. I have Tristan, who's 18. Yeah. I, I, he likes to let everyone know he's the first son because there's another son. <laughs> yeah. So he's called the first son. So yeah. Tristan um, is 18 and he's about to graduate high school. Very proud of him. He has a 4.5 GPA and a 1200 on his SAT. And Crazy. he's a star point guard at his school. And um, we're waiting for a college to figure out where he's going to play college basketball, as well oh. as get his degree in finance. So he's following more in daddy's footsteps. Right. So that. And then we have Chance, as we call him, the wash belly. So <laughs> Chance, um, Chance happened by chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nothing happens by chance. Right. So um, Chance is here. Chance came after. Um, he's my rainbow baby. Mm-hmm. We thought we were done after we miscarried the twins. We said, mm-hmm. you know, that's it. Um, that's four kids. That's between us. And we're good. You know, I yeah. tease Marcus that we would be empty nesters this summer had um, Chance not come into our lives. I know. That's true. He is such a special kid. Uh, he truly is the glue in our family. Mm-hmm. He's a big man. He's an old soul in a young man's body. And um, he's been a great addition to our yeah. family. He's full of energy as well. Full I remember energy, that. <laughs> big personality, very loving, mm-hmm. um, very different. He's my entertainer. I think personality-wise, Chance probably has a personality similar to mine out right. of all the kids. Yeah. Okay. Just wonderful. You've done. You and Marcus have done an amazing job, and I can just see that from the one meeting that I've had with you guys. So, congratulations! And it's something that you know it inspires me as a new mom um, to to aspire to. So, thank you for that. And I hope it. um, Our listeners are also inspired by everything that you shared. Your your journey. Um, you know, and you're experiencing, because I feel like a lot of times we feel like we have to choose between our careers and oh. being a mother or our careers and having a family and seeing you do it at such a high level kind of reinforces that it can be done. It can be done. Can I add a caveat though? It can yeah. be done, but there are days you will be crying. There are days where you will just implode. There are days where you won't resent your family but you will, I don't like to say bucks, it cancels out whatever you're going to say before. There are days where it's going to be hard. And there right. are days where you do have to choose. There are right. days where you have to choose. And I know I'm going to get written up from work or I'm going to get in trouble from work. If But my child needs to go to the doctor. And yeah. what am I going to do if grandma and grandpa can't take them that day or my spouse can't take them that day? And there mm-hmm. are days you have to choose. And it is very tough I've always chosen my family first. I've always, because at the end of the day, what I've noticed, and I don't know if anyone's seen my LinkedIn, but I've had multiple jobs and I've worked many places. At the end of the day, it's your family. Those kids are your responsibility 
And it irks me so much when I see people put other people in front of their kids or, you know, a new boyfriend or this and that. Um, Even, you know, just the only how I feel like when it comes to marriage and kids is that my husband comes before my kids and I come before the kids to him as well, because they're going to leave us one day. They're already halfway gone and we have to still get along and like each other and see where people can get so caught up with the kids and you put the kids first. And then all of a sudden your relationship takes a toll. So I would just encourage you, Chanel, with your relationship, make sure that you guys carve out time for yourselves because it is very draining um, being a mother and and even being a father and having to deal with fighting people outside um, work and life and road rage and everything. And then coming home, you want peace. And the Mm -hmm. one thing I like, um, I'm that mother. We had a very, my style was to have a free home where my house is not always the tidiest. And I hired help. I've had this, I've had a housekeeper for 18 years. I've been fortunate. I'm not saying it because I'm rich. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that, you know, whatever I could afford for her to do, even if she's just coming in one week at $60 to just clean the floors and wipe down the kitchen kitchen for me, or just to help organize the pantry or whatever. I've had her off and on depending on my financial situation, but ask for help. I think that I did that wrong through the years. Mm-hmm. I did not delegate enough. I didn't trust people to watch my kids. Um, I didn't want to bother anyone. I always mm-hmm. felt like it was solely my responsibility to get the kids from school. It's solely my responsibility to feed them, to do this. I really didn't allow a lot of people to help me. And right. uh, if I could turn back time, I would allow more to help and I would ask for more help. So I just want to encourage any woman um, and you as a new mother, don't be afraid of the help. I never took a trip away with my husband um, until our daughter was 16. Oh, wow. Traveled without the kids until my daughter was 16. And when we finally did, and I almost had like a breakdown (laughs) the day before I was in there like hyperventilating and all the women in there was like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, we have my kids. I've never left my kids. And they were all like, we're going to be fine. Yeah. And we were. Kids are so resilient Mm -hmm. and we put this pressure on ourselves as mothers to make everything perfect for them. We need them to fall. We need them to fail. We need Mm -hmm. them to forget their book at school and we not go rescue them and then bring the book to school. We need them to learn how to take care of themselves because we're raising humans. We're raising adults. They're just young adults. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm really. Thank you you for that reminder. Yeah. So just don't be afraid to add. Don't be like me and put so much on yourself. So I know. Now I like to wrap things up by asking my guests to choose a song that's representative of their journey. The whole thing, pregnancy, both motherhood, parenting in your case, you know, like the whole shebang. Do you have a song? (sighs) <sighs> gosh do i have a song i know it's i would just say bob marley legend cd is like my go-to cd for all mm-hmm. my moods. all my moods if ever i'm sad i pop it in if ever i'm crying over a situation i pop in no woman no cry and i'm like yes bob i know you're talking <laughs> i won't cry I won't cry you know like um it just it, that album always speaks to me so yeah you know, and I know his birthday's coming up. So it's um it's something that I would say just anything on that album that, that perfect. Album. Yeah, there's also the Mary J My Life album to me mm-hmm. that is my go-to album. So I can't say one particular song, right? Uh, but those albums are like my go-to to 
keep me going and everything. But I appreciate you hearing about my story and even being interested. Um, And I'm always available to help new moms. Thank you so much. My one advice is always, if you ever need to to scream, you can call me, scream and hang up and I'll know exactly what's going on. Like you you need a friend like that. You need a friend that you can just scream into the phone and hang up. No questions asked. Okay. All right. I'll take you up on that one. So thank you so much, Lisa, for being here with us today. And I look forward to sharing more about the LAPR firm because I'm going to put that in the show notes. So our guests can tune in, look up, look you up. You're on Instagram. You're active. You're on LinkedIn, LinkedIn as well. On everything at Lisa Lee Inc. So L-I-S-A-L-E-I-N-C everywhere. Perfect. Great. This was wonderful. And thank you. Thanks so much. Take care. All right. Bye. Caribbean Birth Stories has been brought to you by the Amai Birth Collection. Head over to the amaishop.com. That's the A-M-A-I shop.com for special offers and to learn more about the Amai family. Thank you for tuning in and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. We'd be grateful if you could leave a review about what you're loving on this podcast and be sure to tune in every Tuesday for new episodes. 